शो मित्रुण शो भवत्ंद्र बृहस्पति शो विष्णुक्रम नमो ब्रह्मणे नमस्ते वायो प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्मसी प्रत्यक्ष ब्रह्म वदिष्या वदिष्या सत्यम वदिष्या तन्मावधु तद्वक्तावधु मवतु वक्ता सहनावधु सहनौ भुन सह वीकस्वीनावधीतमस्तुम विद्विषा शांतिशांतिशांतिशंदसमृषभ विश्व छंदोभ्योध्यमृतासंबूव समेन्द्र मेधयाणत धारणो भूयास शरीर मे विचर्षण जिह्वा मे मधुमत्तमा कर्णाभ्यांभूरी विश्रुव ब्रह्मण कोशोसी मेधया पीद श्रुत मे गोपाय शातिशातिशातिहम वृक्षतिपृंगिरेव ऊर्धपवित्रोवाजिनी स्वृतमस्विण गुंसवर्चस सुमेधाृतोक्षिशंखोर्वेदाचनम शातिशातिशातिदूर्णमदूर्णमदूर्णमुद्यद पूर्णमादा पूर्णमेंशातिशातिशातिश्रुतिस्मृतिपुराणालय नमा भगवत्दशंकोकशंक शंकर शंकराचार्य केशव बादरायण सूत्रभाष्यकृत वंदे पंता पुनः पुनः 
ईश्वर गुरुरात्मेरे मूर्ति भेद विभागिने व्योमवद्व्याप्तदेहाय दक्षिणामूर्तये नमः अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अवांग मनसगोचरम अवांग मनसगोचरम आत्मानमखिलाधारम आत्मानमखिलाधारम आश्रये भीष्टसिद्धये आश्रये भीष्टसिद्धये अर्थतोप्यद्वयानंदान अर्थतोप्यद्वयानंदान अतीतद्वैतभानतः गुरुनाराध्य वेदांत गुरुनाराध्य वेदांत सारं वक्ष्येय सामदे सारं वक्ष्येय सामदे इस्टडे वी डिस्कस्ट हाओ बारिस मेथड ऑफ अध्यारोपन अनपवाद मीनिंग सुपर इम्पोजिशन एंड डी सुपर इम्पोजिशन how we arrive at the true meaning of the words tat and tvam in this dictum statement tatvam ase so we saw how each one of these words are simple words tat means that tvam means thou or you that's it and ase you are so you are that that's a simple statement and that's a statement that we have to understand in our life that's all <clears throat> if you understand this one statement of the upanishad then we have understood everything tattvamasi that thou art and in order to understand this statement it is necessary to understand the meaning of the word tat the meaning of the word tvam and the meaning of the word asi that thou art you are that you and that and are each one of these words must be properly understood what each one of the words conveys <coughs> because a sentence can be understood only when the words forming sentence are understood so first the teacher explains to us the meaning of the words tat and tvam how there is a vachyartha and a lakshyartha vachyartha the principal meaning or the immediate meaning or the literal meaning lakshyartha the secondary meaning the implied meaning amazing that you must know the lakshyartha or implied meaning which is so important for vedanta is technically speaking only a secondary meaning therefore primarily we should always look for the whenever we want to understand interpret something we must first look for the primary meaning and only when that primary meaning is not applicable that we should go in for the secondary meaning so to say how for the word tat the primary meaning is god the creator sustainer dissolver omniscient omnipotent omnipresent this god as we understand meaning saguna brahman brahman uh, along with all the gunas or attributes is what we call the vachyartha or the primary meaning of the word tat so that is what immediately strikes in our mind whenever we use the word tat that or god then immediately this principle the conscious being 
along with all these attributes is what comes to our mind first because we look upon god with reference to our own self i look upon myself as a limited being limited in knowledge and limited in power and limited in every way and never naturally i look upon god as the one who is free from each of these limitations and never we say all pervasive all powerful all knowing not that we can quite visualize this all knowing or all powerful because our mind cannot visualize that but still this is what we understand by the word god so this is what we call the vachyartha or the primary meaning <coughs> and what does god consist of then consists of the chaitanyam brahman or the awareness along with the upadhi along with the upadhi namely maya or samasti agnyanam so that aggregate of the ignorance or also what is also what is called maya so chaitanyam along with maya is ishvara chaitanya itself without attributes all the attributes are in maya and therefore chaitanyam along with maya is called ishvara when we are not able to separate the two like in a red hot iron ball when we are not able to separate the iron and the fire as two entities then we take it as one entity and similarly also when we are not able to separate this see the distinction between the upadhi and the upahita the upadhi which conditions upahita that is conditioned and anupahita that appears that is unconditioned when we do not see the distinctions of this then we take that as one entity and that becomes a vachyartha or the primary meaning of the of the word tat but when we scrutinize or when we really analyze Uh, investigate the ultimate meaning of that then we realize that these two are not the same degrees of realities even though we are lumping together that chaitanyam and maya they cannot really be lumped together in as much as maya does not enjoy the same degree of reality as chaitanyam and therefore there is no maya at all from the standpoint of chaitanyam so only when we look through the glasses of maya that brahman appears as god but how about looking at from the glasses of brahman itself then there is no maya and this is what lord krishna says in the bhagavad gita machthani sar maya tatamidam sarvam jagad avyakta murtina lord krishna says that maya avyakta murtina by my unmanifest form meaning by i who is really beyond manifestation or above the manifestation or beyond perception by me the entire creation is pervaded Then what's the relationship between you and the creation that you pervade? Matsthani sarabhudani. All the beings are in me, meaning they are because of me. They are dependent upon me. I am, and therefore they are. Nachaham tesh vavastita hai. But I am not in them, meaning I am independent of them. They are dependent upon me. I am the very self. That is, they say that it is said that all the beings are in me, and I am not in them. this is being said only with reference to the creation or with reference to god himself nach matsthani bhutani in fact none of this is in me just as a rope may say that the snake is not in me i don't know i mean and there is no snake in me so from the standpoint of the snake we may say that there is this, the rope endowed with the power of maya is creates the snake this is all what we say when we accept something called snake 
Then comes the question of creation of snake. And then we say that the rope along with the ignorance and the snake, all of this entity is called that tatpada. But from the standpoint of the snake, from the standpoint of the rope, there is no snake at all. And therefore, when we ultimately investigate the true meaning of what we are seeing, then we find that what we call the creation completely resolves into Brahma because the creation enjoys only what we call a relative reality. And therefore, when we analyze what the truth is, then it, it resolves into Brahman, which is the absolute reality. And that is the ultimate meaning of the word Tat. The immediate meaning of the word Tat is Ishvara, God, along with all the attributes. The ultimate meaning, which is the meaning that is implied by the teacher. When the teacher reveals the identity between Tat and Tvam, between Jiva and Brahma, then the implied meaning, the, the meaning implied by the teacher is Tat, meaning that which is devoid of all the attributes. We know very well that a name and form should ultimately resolve into that which is free of name and form. An effect should ultimately resolve into that which is free from the cause and effect. See, an effect must resolve. Effects such as a cloth, when we press that inquiry, then the cloth resolves into cotton, the cotton resolves into, because cloth is nothing but the cotton, and cotton is nothing but the fibers, and fibers are nothing but the molecules, and molecules, and that's, that's another model. See, just tell Vedanta is this five element model, scientists also have a model. What is the model? That matter made up of molecules, that made up of atoms, that made up of yet particles, that made up of subatomic particles. You know, this is a model. And that's when we say, in the cloth, is nothing but cotton, which is nothing but fibers, which is nothing but molecules, nothing but atoms, nothing but particles. And thus when we keep on resolving it, where should it ultimately resolve into? If it resolves into Brahman, let us say, which itself is an effect, then this process will never end. And therefore in order that this process comes to an end, it must resolve into that principle which is neither cause nor effect. Take a name and a form, take a form such as a part. It dissolves in another form, which are the pieces. Dissolves in another form, which is clay, which dissolves in another name and form, called earth. And thus, even the name and form, when we analyze its reality, where should it ultimately dissolve into? It should dissolve into that which is devoid of name and form. Otherwise, we would go on ad infinitum. So even a logical inquiry, also reveals the fact that these names, forms, attributes, cause, effect, all of this must resolve ultimately into the reality. There has to be reality, otherwise this appearance would not be. And that reality must be devoid of the ideas of name, form, cause and effect. And that is the ultimate meaning of the word Tat or the or Brahma or Truth. So that is the implied meaning, devoid of all the attributes pure awareness. <clears throat> In same way, when I use the word I, so what first strikes me is a limited being. Salpagnitvadavishistam chaitanyam. That chaitanyam, I know that I am also a conscious being. But what sort of a conscious being? The one who is limited in every way, limited in knowledge, limited in power, etc. And therefore, that consciousness endowed with individual Ajnanam, individual ignorance, comes to be called Jiva. 
And therefore, when somebody says you, what immediately strikes in my mind is I, meaning this jiva, the limited being. But we find out, where did we discover that what I call I also is a combination of more than one factors? What is the principal factor there? That Chaitanyam, the consciousness, is the principal factor. Along with what we call Agnyam or individual ignorance, which gives rise to the ego, which gives rise to all the other things. But again, that ego does not enjoy the same degree of reality as Chaitanyam. And therefore, this individual idea also ultimately results in Chaitanyam, which is devoid of individuality. Because if one individual I should resolve to another individual, and that should resolve to the third individual, again that would go on ad infinitum. And therefore, even that I also should ultimately resolve into, or should be discovered to be, should be seen as Chaitanyam, or the consciousness, devoid of any name, form, attribute, anything. So that then becomes the implied meaning of the word Tvam. <coughs> Edad upadi upahita adhar bhutam anupahitam pratyaganandam turiyam chaitanyam tumpada lakshartho bhavati. So pratyaganandam, that which is inner, anandam, that which is complete, because limitless, free from limitations. Turiyam, that which is called force. Shantam, shivam, advaitam, chatursam, manyante. So atma, sabhijnyaya. Yattad, Adrishtam, Agrahyam. This is how Mandukya Upanishad reveals the nature of the self. Nantaf Pragnam. Who is the self? Nantaf Pragnam. Not one having an inner consciousness in directed inward, meaning he is not a dreamer. Nabahish Pragnam. Not the waker. No Bhayataf Pragnam. Not one between the waking and dream. Nap Pragnan Ghanam. Not the sleeper. Nap Pragnam. It is not even omniscient. Na prajnam, it is not jada or ignorant. Adrushtam cannot be perceived. Agrahyam cannot be grasped. <coughs> and therefore, adrushtam, agrahyam, avyavaharyam, not available for any transactions. Alakshanam doesn't have any definition or cannot, doesn't have any evidence in the sense that it can be inferred. And therefore also, uh, Abhyapadesham, that which cannot be expressed in words. Then is it there or not? Ekatma pratyasaram. I know there is this I, 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 which is constantly shining. And therefore, that which is the essence of this I that is constantly shining. Prapanchopashamam, where all the prapancha, all the duality completely dissolves, all the duality, sense of individuality and whatever difficulties and problems it creates where all of them resolve. Shantam, Shivam, Shantam of the nature of silence, Shivam of the nature of happiness, auspiciousness, Advaitam of the nature of non-dual, Chaturtham, it is called force with reference to the other three, the waker, dreamer and deep sleeper. So, Atma, Savignyaya, that is Atma, that is the self and that has to be known. So this becomes the ultimate meaning of the word I. Immediately what strikes me whenever I or you is uttered is this limited being, but when we analyze the true nature of that limited being, it turns out a way limited being is ego. Ego is not, not the ultimate reality about I. 
the ultimate reality of our eyes, pure and simple awareness. That pure and simple awareness, along with the name and form, is called ego. But just as every name and form resolves into some other name and form, and ultimately resolves into that which is devoid of all the names and forms, this ego also resolves into that awareness, devoid of any names, forms, or attributes. That becomes the Tvampada Lakshartha. Lakshartha or the implied meaning word Tvam. <coughs> thus, we were, thus the teacher explained here the meaning of the individual words Tat and Tvam. Only when this is understood that the Vakya or the sentence can be understood. A sentence, the meaning of a sentence can be understood only when the meaning of the individual words forming the sentence are, is understood. So what are the words? Tat and Tvam. Therefore, that meaning has been described. And now, continuing on the page 86, on the page 148, Padartham Abhidaya Vakyartham Having stated the meaning of the words, now the teacher proceeds to tell us the meaning of the statement. Which is statement? Tattvamasi, that the word. Atha Mahavakyarsaha Varanyate Idam Tatvamasivakyam Sambandhatraina Akhandarsabodhakam Bhavati Atha Mahavakyarsaha Varanyate now, Varanate is described, Mahavakyarthaha. Artha means meaning. Vakya means statement. Mahavakya means this, this major statement. So now, Varanate is being described, the meaning of this statement, Tattvamasi, that thou art. <coughs> so, what is idam Tattvamasi Vakyam? This particular vakya, this particular statement, Tattvamasi, that thou art, Akhandartha Bodhakam Bhavadi. It becomes a proposition, as it said, Akhandartha Bodhakam, conveying an identity. Akhanda. Khanda means division. Akhanda means non-division. Khanda means division and or pieces. Akhanda means undivided. So Akhandartha means undividedness, wholeness, non-duality, or conveying the identity. At the moment there is a khanda or a division in our life, as we were saying yesterday, and there is what we call the duality. Which is the division of the duality? The duality between the seeker and the sought. The duality between jiva, the individual, and God. So this duality is what we experience at the moment. This is our experiential duality. This experiential duality is presented by the Upanishad in various ways. Like the Mundaka Upanishad presents this duality by the allegory of, by the imagination of two birds, imagery rather, of the two birds. Perching the self, same tree. Then one tree, two identical looking beautiful birds are perching on the tree. One of the birds goes around from one branch to the other branch 
enjoying or experiencing various kinds of fruits, sometimes the fruits are sweet, sometimes they are sour, sometimes they are bitter. So all these fruits, one of the birds is constantly experiencing, whereas the other bird, without participating in any way, it just watches. So these two birds are, are described there. But two identical birds. Dva Suparana, Sayuja Sakhaya. Suparana meaning having beautiful, beautiful uh, feathers. <coughs> so Dva Suparana, Sayuja always joined with each other. Sakhaya also, uh, always mentioned together. The friends, so these two birds are there, Samanam Vraksham, Parishasvajate. Both of them are on the same tree. What is the tree? This body is the tree. Or this I individuality is a tree. In which there are two birds. What are the two birds? One bird is that which is constantly seeking to gain various experiences. And because it is seeking something, it is searching for happiness, it is searching for for full health or fulfill, I mean fulfillment in life and therefore goes on from one experience to another experience this is what we call the jiva bird or the ahankara bird the other bird what you call brahma bird is what anasnan anyaha abhichakashiti without eating or without participating in any experience of enjoyment or you know abhichakashiti it merely blesses shines so we experience a duality in our own self. The duality, the what is experienced by us is that ego, the jiva, the individual constantly fluttering from one branch to the other, seeking various experiences. And there is another principle which is what we call the witness, which is a blessing principle, which does not in any way go from one place to the other, which does not participate in any experience, which just shines which just blesses, which is tameva bhantam anubhati sarvam, which when shines, everything shines after. It is a second bird, which is what we call the witness bird. Only when that is, that this other bird, the ego bird can be. And so, are there really two birds? So it is not there, there are two birds. But then, one word alone is described as two. Because otherwise two are identical. And so, in reality they are one, but in experience they appear as two. So this experience of duality between myself and what I am seeking, between the, the, the actual I and the ideal I, between myself and God, the duality which I am experiencing, that duality is described in this manner, meaning thereby that, in fact, it is one bird alone appearing as two. It is that consciousness, the awareness, the self, Brahman, alone appears as Jiva. <coughs> so, this is our experience. What does Upanishad reveal? Akhandar Sattvam. That in fact, these two, these birds are not two, the bird is one alone. The seeker and the sword are not really two separate entities, they are one principle alone. That is what Upanishad reveals. It's something that we can never arrive at by ourselves. It is something that we have to be made to see. This truth we can never see by our own self because we have already taken for granted that I am a seeker. Upanishad says that you are not a seeker. 
you think that you are a seeker. In fact, you are the thought. You think that you are jiva or limited being, you are not a limited being. Limitless you are. So, this is called Mahavakya. This or any other Vakya or the statement which thus reveals the, the identity between the seeker and the sought, identity between the two birds, identity between jiva or ahankara and, and brahma, thereby revealing the truth about the I, is called Mahavakya, is called, is the, is the important major statement. So, idam tattvamasi vakyam. This vakyam, this statement, tattvamasi, that thou art, akhandasa bodhakam bhavati. Bodhakam, it conveys, or it teaches, or, or it reveals. Akhandasa, it reveals that identity, or oneness, or non-dividedness. I think that I am separated from God or I am separated from my goal, saying that there is no separation at all. So non-separation between the seeker and the sought, or non-dividedness of the self, or the identity between self and Brahman, is what is revealed by this statement, Tattvamase. And how does it do that? Sammandatrayana <coughs> By virtue of three kinds of relationships, so we have tat and tvam. So tat means that, tvam means you. Between these two words and the meaning of the words, different kinds of relationships are there. And by virtue of the three kinds of relationships, this statement reveals the identity between Jiva and Brahma. Okay, then says further, what is this three kind of word? Three kinds of relations. There is a question asked here. Nanu Jeveshwarayoho Kinchidnyatva Sarvagnyatva Vishishtayoho Atyanta Vilakshanayoho. This is a question that always arises in our mind. This Jiva and Ishvara are totally opposite in characteristics. Who is Jiva, the individual? Limited in every way. Kinchidnya, limited, small little knowledge. Little power. In every way the jiva is little. And in every way Ishvara is big. Ishvara is the big. All knowledge, all pervasiveness, all power. This jiva and Ishvara are totally, con I mean, you know, totally opposed to each other in, in characteristics. Tattvamasyadi Mahavakyani Paraspara viruddhartha pratipadakani katham akhandaikarasam brahma pratipadayanti How can a statement such as tattvamasi or a statement such as that thou art, how can it reveal the identity between tat and tvam or jiva and ishvara who are totally opposed to each other in their characteristics or attributes? This is a doubt. Therefore this this doubt that is raised there arises in our mind moment to moment. That's why so many doubts come. How can it be? Who is this one, you know? Who is Sakshian? Who is Ahankaran? Who is Jivan? Who is that? I, I just find it hard and impossible to believe that I can be limitless. 
So this doubt comes again and again and again. How can I be limitless? How can Jiva be, be Brahma? How can these two be identical? It is Ashankya Sakshat Aikya Pratipadakattu Abhavepi. Then what is said is that this statement Tattvamasi or that thou art does not reveal the identity in a primary manner or immediately, evidently. Lakshanaya sammandatrayana akhandaikartham pratipadayanti. That these Mahavakyas, these statements, reveal the identity. Not apparently or not immediately, but sammandatrayana, by the three kinds of relationship that exist between the words, and ultimately by the implied meaning, these Vakyas reveal the identity. <coughs> this is a very important topic in Vedanta. Well, all the topics are important, but this topic, the analysis of Mahavakya is a very important topic, which is the topic that is now begun. It is, it may involve certain kind of technicalities of the, how the words and sentences convey their meanings, but all the discussion is very practical and very useful, and that also gives us a, an insight into how to approach the Upanishads. <coughs> Okay. So said by three kinds of relationships these words reveal the identity. What are those three kinds of relationships that is being said in the next passage? Sammandhatrayam nama Sammandhatrayam nama Padayoho Samanadhikaranyam Samanadhikaranyam Padarsayoho Visheshana Visheshya Bhavaha Visheshana Visheshya Bhavaha Pratyagatma Lakshana Yoho Pratyagatma Lakshana Yoho Lakshya Lakshana Bhavas Chedi Lakshya Lakshana Bhavas Chedi Sammandatrayam Nama So what is known as this threefold relationship is one Sabhanadikaranyam Two, Visheshana Visheshya Bhavaha. And three, Lakshya Lakshana Bhavaha. So these two words, how much, how much time can you spend in analyzing this simple thing? But how much time has been spent? And understand it is not merely time... But if the spirit of this is understood, then it will tell us something about the priorities and the perception in our own life also. So threefold, tat and tvam. But in these two words, three kinds of relationships exist. Pada yoho. Now there is a pada. Pada means word. Second is padartha. Padartha means the meaning of the word. So pada means word. Padartha, meaning of the word. So certain relationship exists between the two words, tat and tvam. A little different kind of relationship exists between the meaning of the words, tat and tvam. And yet a third kind of relationship exists between these two words, tat and tvam, and what they reveal. So, sammandatrayam nama padayoho samanadhikaranyam. 
This is an important expression again in Vedanta, Samanadhi Karanyam. The definition is given here. Bhinna Pravritti Nimitta Yoho Pada Yoho Ekasmin Arthe Pravrittihi Samanadhi Karanyam So, Adhikaranam Adhikaranam means Lokas. Samana Adhikaranam, the same Lokas. That is what we call a locative case in Sanskrit, the seventh case, locative. That shows you what the Lokas is. So every word has a Lokas. Every word relates to a certain object. That is called the Lokas of the word. So Samana Adhikaranam meaning the same Lokas. So when more than one words, Bhinna Pravritti Nimittanam Padartha Shabdanam So these words which actually have they convey different things. They have different connotations. When the words have different connotations, ekasmin arthe tatparyam. So, bhinna pravutta nimittanam samana vibhaktiganam ekasmin arthe tatparyam samanadhi karanyam. When the words have different connotations, however, when the words are placed in the same case, first case, second case, third, same case, in case of the statement tat tvamasi, the tat is nominative singular, tvam also is nominative singular. So the words tat and tvam are placed in the same case, namely nominative singular. Samana vibhaktikanam. So their vibhakti or the case is the same. Bhinna pravattinamittanam. These words tat and tvam or that and thou are not synonyms. Each word has an independent meaning of its own. If the synonyms are in the same case, then it is not Samanadhikaranyam. But Tat and Tvam are not synonyms. Tat means that, means something away, something remote. And Tvam means you, which means something that is immediate, something that is here. So what Tat denotes one thing, it has its pravati, it has its activity or connotation for one kind of a thing. And the word Tvam or Thou or You denotes something that is here. This, the author himself will tell us this. But I am just giving an illustration here of what is meant by Samanadikaranyam, what is meant by placing them in the same locus. How the words Tat and Tvam are placed in the same case and they have different connotations. Normally you would understand differently by the words Tat and Tvam. Ekasmin Arsetatparyam And in spite of that, both of them have tatparya or purport in one thing alone. That tat also ultimately means that same awareness and tvam also ultimately means the same awareness. And therefore, the words tat and tvam actually stand for one awareness. And therefore, this kind of a usage, grammatical usage, is called samanadikaranyam. <coughs> Relation between the two words having the same locus or the same substratum. <coughs> this is one relationship. You know, they always give another illustration in Vedanta. Soyam Devadattaha. See, you have, there is some person called Devadatta, whom you met, I don't know, suppose you visited India. You know, suppose you were visiting India and you met a Rishikesha person called Devadatta. 
At that time, the person had beard and had all this, you know, funny-looking things. Um, he was wearing also funny clothes. And after five years, all of a sudden, you see that person in New York, let us say, or in sailor's birth. And now he's, you know, well-dressed and shaven and whatever. Then you say, hey, this is the same Devadatta. This fellow is the same Devadatta. Five years ago, one whom I saw in Rishikesh, wearing some funny clothes, looking like a beggar, unshaven, long hair, etc. The same person now is having these beautiful clothes, well-dressed and everything else, shaven, well-trimmed. So, Suryam Devadatta. That is this Devadatta. That fellow is this Devadatta. Or this is that Devadatta. Suppose you want to introduce him to some mutual friend. So do you recognize him? This is that Devadatta. This fellow is that Devadatta. Who Devadatta is a name. In Rishikesh. Or that fellow is this. Suppose, so depends on who you know. Suppose there is a mutual friend of this person. Then we say, this is that Devadatta. Or the mutual friend of that person is that is this Devadatta. So this is that Devadatta or that is this Devadatta. Devadatta means goldsmith or, or, or Jones or whatever. This is that Jones, Jones or this is whatever. And this and that are placed in nominative singular. This and that both words have different connotations. This denotes something that is present here and now. And that denotes something that was at some other point in some other time. So they have different pravritti or different connotations or different fields of experience, I mean uh, different things, meanings to convey. And still both these words actually pertain to the same person, Devadatta. Therefore, this is a classical example of what we call Samanadikaranyam. Soyam Devadatta. This is that Devadatta. <coughs> And there are many statements like this in Vedanta. For example, Chandogya Upanishad says, Sarvam Khalu Idam Brahma. Idam Sarvam. All this universe is indeed Brahma. All this universe is indeed Brahma. So, Brahma and the universe, both of these are placed in nominative singular. Now, normally, world, universe means one thing, Brahma means something else, and these words have different connotations. And still, these, both these words imply the same truth, or the same principle, the same substratum, same awareness, and therefore they are so-called in Samanadi Karanyam, enjoying the same substratum. So we have this usage very common in our, in our uh, expressions, in our communications also. <coughs> so this is one relationship. Okay. Second is, so this is the relationship that the two words enjoy. What is the relationship that the meaning of the words enjoy? Pada, padanam samanadhikaranyam, or padayoho samanadhikaranyam, padarthayoho. Padartha meaning, the meaning of the word. So what is the relationship that the meanings enjoy? Again, going back to that statement, soyam devadattaha, this is that devadatta. As this Devadatta is a fellow standing in front of me at this time and this place, that Devadatta or the person I used to know five years ago in a different time and a different place. And so, this and that 
they mean actually different persons. However, interestingly what happens is, now when somebody tells us, this is that Devadatta, you know, this is that Chandrama only, let us say, this is that, uh, this is that Srinivasana, or this is that Krishnamurti, whatever. This is that Krishnamurti. Suppose you are told, then in your mind something goes on. Before you can see the identity of this person, that this is the same fellow, because they look so different. The person whom I used to know five years ago looks so different in that setting. And the person whom I see in front of me is so different from that. Then what do we do? I have that person in my mind, one with beard, etc. And then I look at this and I say, hey, wait a minute. This suit and all this business is something different from Devadatta. And when I compare this Devadatta with that, then I realize that, now that beard and all other things also is not Devadatta. So each one qualifies the other. That Devadatta qualifies Devadatta, this one meaning defines this Devadatta, that Devadatta is a person who is, who is, a, who is a pinda or who is an entity, who is different from his clothes, different from his hair, different from his beard. So even through the change in the clothes and the beard and whatever else, there is a common person. See, we recognize that common person. How do we recognize? Certainly the two persons are not identical as far as their appearance is concerned. And still, in spite of the contradictory appearance, we recognize one person. Like recognizing one actor in and through the two, two roles or the two costumes. That beggar is this king. Then I realize that there is an actor who is common to both of them, who is different from beggar and different from king also. And that is how I recognize the identity of the two persons. <clears throat> and so, therefore, the relationship that the two Devadattas enjoy, that Devadatta and this Devadatta, is what is known as Visheshana Visheshyabhava. The qualification and that which is qualified. Visheshanam. Visheshanam is that which qualifies. Like red flower, you know. So red is called Visheshanam or the adjective or the qualification. And flower is that which is qualified. So red flower, that word red limits this flower to only one color. And flower in turn also qualifies red. That the red is qualified by a particular form called flower. So when we say red flower, the red one, red becomes the adjective of the qualification and flower is that which is qualified by color red. So this is what we call Visheshana Visheshibhava, a relationship between the qualification and the one that is qualified. We will see how the meaning of the words tat and tvam, they enjoy the relationship between, relationship as such a, namely Visheshana Visheshibhava, all the qualification and that which is qualified. Isn't that so? See, for example, when I say that this is that person, this is that Devadatta, then as I said, some process takes place in my mind. I think of that Devadatta five years ago and look at this person. Then that fellow actually limits this person as much as that one defines this one. That now, this, the outer dress, etc., that I see, the, the actual person is different from this outer clothes and things like that. So that one enables me to recognize this one, and this one enables me to recognize that one. So when some friend tells us that this is the same person, 
then it takes a little while for me to recognize the identity of the two persons because the two persons look so different. So I think of that person I met five years ago and then I say, yeah, that's right. The eyes, the shape of the nose, the shoulders, this, I see the common feature. And that's how I find that that person enables me to recognize this one and I see this fellow and compare him with that and then I see, yes, there are common features. So this one enables me to recognize that one. And that is how, when that one enables me to recognize this one, that becomes qualification, this becomes qualified. When this one enables me to recognize that one, this becomes qualification, that becomes qualified. And so, the meaning of the words, what, are the, what is the meaning? Devdatta, person, is what is meant by the words, this and that. This is that Devdatta, this means Devdatta present before me, that means Devadatta at that time and place and each Devadatta qualifies or enables me to recognize the other Devadatta. In that sense, the Devadattas, the persons who are meant by these pronouns, they enjoy relationship between each other called the Visheshana, Visheshyabhava or the relationship of the qualifi- qualifying and the qualified. And there is yet third relationship existing here. What is the third relationship? Between the two Devadattas, there is a common Devadatta. That Devadatta having a certain kind of appearance, this Devadatta having a certain kind of appearance, I go a step further and I realize that there is a common entity between both of them. I exclude from this Devadatta his suit and mood and stuff like that. I exclude or negate from that Devadatta his beard and hair and style and stuff like that. So, I, I negate. So, I reject part of that Devadatta, I negate part of this Devadatta, and I then recognize the Devadatta who is common between the two. So, that Devadatta who is common, what is the relationship that these words have with that Devadatta? That the word this also implies that common Devadatta. The word that also implies the Devadatta who is common. And therefore, the relationship that these words or the meaning of the words enjoy with Devadatta, the common entity, is known as Lakshya Lakshana Bhava. This and that, both of them are Lakshana, meaning they, they are the those which point out or imply that Devadatta who is a common entity. So this recognition we do every day, but we don't realize necessarily that our mind goes through this process of recognizing. First the meaning, the first just the words, this and that. These words enjoy what you call samana dikaranyam, having the same locus. Then the immediate meaning of those words, this fellow and that fellow, they enjoy what we call the visheshana visheshya bhava, or the qualification and the qualifier. And then the common entity between them, that between these two contradictory or differently looking persons, there is only one person. And the relationship that these words and the meanings have with that common person is called Lakshya Lakshana Bhava. Each word becomes Lakshana, the, the defining attribute, defined definition, and or the, impl, the that which implies, and Devadatta becomes the one who is implied. So this is the relation. That's what is said in the passage 149. Sammandatrayam nama padayoho samanadikaranyam. Samanadikaranyam between pada or the words. Padārsayoho visheshana visheshya bhāvaha 
एट विशेष एंड विशेष भाव और दर्ड्स क्वालिफाइंग इच अदर इज दिलेशन बिटवीन द पदार्थ ऑफ द टू मीनिंग्स एंड प्रत्यगात्म लक्षण हो लक्ष्य लक्षण भाव दैट दू वर्ड्स ऑफ द मीनिंग्स एंड एंड द कॉमन एंटिटी विच इज प्रत्यगात्मा हियर द रिलेशनशिप बिटवीन दैम इज लक्ष्य एंड लक्षण दैट इज इम्प्लाइड एंड द वन दैट इम्प्लाइज एंड इन सपोर्ट ऑफ दैट द ऑथर कोर्स ए वर्स फ्रॉम निष्कर्म सिद्धि ए टेक्स्ट ऑफ सुरेश प्राचार्य इन द पैसेज वन फिफ्टी तदुक्त साधिकरण्यम चाधिकरण्यम चेषण विशेष्यदा विशेषण विशेष्यदा लक्ष्य लक्षण संबंध लक्ष्य लक्षण संबंध पदार्थ प्रत्यगात्मना पदार्थ प्रत्यगात्मना दिस वेरी थिंग सेम थिंग हैज बीन स्टेटेड बाय अनदर टीचर सुरेश्वराचार्य इन द टेक्स्ट कॉल निष्कर्म सिद्धि सामानाधिकरण्यम सेम वर्ड्स that the relationship between word is samanadikaranyam having the same substratum visheshana visheshyata each one qualifying the other lakshana lakshana sambandha lakshya lakshana sambandha the relationship between the imply the one that implies and the one who is implied padartha pratyagatmana pada artha pratyagatma the three three things are there in a statement namely this is that devadatta three aspects are there the words this and that the immediate meaning of the words this and that this devadatta and that devadatta and thirdly the devadatta who is common to both of them which is what we call the common entity these three entities are there the words this and that what is meant by the words this and that meaning this person and that person and what is the ultimate meaning of the statement is what a person who is common to this and that is a common entity and thus the relationship between the words is samanadikaranyam between the persons immediately meant by the words visheshana visheshya bhava and the words in the, the common entity that this two imply is what we call lakshya lakshana bhava <coughs> so this whole thing is explained in the passage 151 we'll read that here सामनाधिकरण्य सामनाधिकरण्य संबंध तोयदत्ताक्ये तत्कालशिष्टवाचक सशब्दस्यशिष्टवदत्तवाचक अयम शब्द पिंडे तात्पर्यसंबंध तथा चमसी वाक्ये 
परोक्षिष्ट चैतन्यवाचक तत्पदस्यपरोक्षे विशिष्ट चैतन्यवाचक चैतन्यतापर्यसंबंध सामनादिकरण्य संबंध तावत टू इलास्ट्रेट सो नाउ द टीचर हिमसेल्फ एक्सप्लेन वॉट वी ऑलरेडी डिस्कस ही एक्सप्लेन इट इन दिस पैसेज टू नाउ टू टेक द फर्स्ट वन नेमली सामनाधिकरण्य द रिलेशनशिप ऑप्टेनिंग विद इन द टू वर्ड्स द रिलेशन दैट बोथ ऑफ दैम हैव द सेम सब्सट्रेट ऑफ द सेम लोकस यथा जस्ट एज सोयम देवदत्त है सह मीन्स दैट अयम मीन्स दिस देवदत्त नेम ऑफ पर्सन सोयम देवदत्त है दिस That is this Devadatta. Soyam Devadatta. That is this Devadatta. In the Asmin Vakya, in this particular Vakya or a statement, what do we have? One word is that. Saha. So when we use the pronoun that, what is generally understood? The pronoun that is employed for something that is remote always. We don't say that book. We always say this book when it is in front of me, or we say that tree when the tree is remote, remote in place, or remote in time. Usually, the word, the pronoun tat or that is employed for something that is paroksha, that is away from me, not within the range of my sense perception. Then we use the pronoun that. So the pronoun that is employed for something that is remote, remote in terms of time, at a time some years ago, remote in terms of place, at a place different from here. So tad desha, tad kala, vishistha devadattavachaka. So this dev, this the word tad, that devadatta, the word that implies a person or that. Denotes a person rather, not implies. Denotes a person who is characterized by that time and that place, who is characterized by remoteness, characterized by that time and that place. And when we say this, then etat kala etat desha vishista, the pronoun this denotes a person who is present at this time and this place. So pronoun that denotes a person or an entity which is at at that time in that place, and the pronoun I am I am means this denotes an entity which is at this time in this place. Ekasmin pende tatpari samandha. However, this particular statement soem devadatta. That is this devadatta. What is the tatpariya? What is the purport here? That in fact. That person and this person are one. When we say this is that Devadatta, or that is this Devadatta, then is 
You know what it does? It actually equates them. It says that that is this or this is that. How can this and that be the same? This means something which is at this time and place and this characteristics. That means at a different time and place and different characteristics. How can these two contradictory or two different entities, two entities having different characteristics, how can they be one? <coughs> Only when? <coughs> This can be only when there is some extraneous aspect about this person which doesn't belong to the person, which is extraneous or superimposed. <clears throat> so see what happens? There is an entity called Devadatta, upon which is superimposed thatness or remoteness. Upon the same entity Devadatta is superimposed thisness. So when you de-superimpose from this Devadatta, thatness and thisness. Then what remains is Devadatta Pinda. Pinda means a person. Pinda actually means a body or the person. There is a person Devadatta. There is a person Devadatta who is one. So this statement in fact reveals what we call an identity. Identity between that Devadatta and this Devadatta. Meaning thereby that thatness also was superimposed upon Devadatta and thisness also is superimposed upon Devadatta. And in fact, in our mind, when we de-superimpose, then alone in our mind we can see that common entity. Purna madaha, purna midam. Says, adaha means that, remote. Idam means this, which is evident in front of me. That is complete, that is whole, and this is whole. Now that and these, this, these two pronouns are totally, they always stand for some totally different entities. And say it is said, that is also whole, that God also is whole, this individual or the world also is whole. How can it be? That means that upon one whole or one Puranam, thatness is superimposed and thisness is superimposed. See how in a simple statement, the Shruti in fact, it reveals the whole process of superimposition. <clears throat> and that superimposition is just a habitual thing in our mind. Moment you think of God, immediately mind has a certain orientation. Moment I think of I, the mind has a certain orientation. There is a, a fixed pattern of thinking or a pattern of, of perceiving. And that is what becomes an obstacle. We have to release ourselves from this established pattern of thinking or interpreting or perceiving the, the things. So Devadatta is a common entity. Upon that, superimpose thatness, it becomes a Devadatta five years ago appearing in a certain way, superimpose thisness, and same Devadatta appears as an entity in front of me in a different environment, in different clothes and what not. And in order to recognize the identity, of the Devadatta, in my mind, what do I do? I do superimpose thatness, I do superimpose thisness, and then I recognize a Devadatta who is devoid of thisness and thatness, free from attributes. So attributes are superimposed, 
and I recognize the Devadatta who is free from the attributes. This is how that statement, Swayam Devadatta, that is this Devadatta, reveals Akhandars, the meaning and identity between the two apparently different looking entities, but revealing a common pinda or a common person. <coughs> okay, we'll continue this tomorrow. Om Puranamadav Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Puranasya Puranamadaya Puranameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutau Vande Bhagavanta Upunaf Punaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Guru Bhyo Namaha Hari Om